Hey, nephew community. Welcome to the Voices from the Community podcast. This is your host, Tazine Ajaz, a clinical and scientific director at Otsuka Pharmaceuticals. Today, we're hosting Dr. Gates Colbert, a nephrologist, hypertension specialist, and the fellowship program co-director at Baylor University Medical Center. Dr. Colbert is active in healthcare advocacy research and patient-centered kidney care. In this podcast, Dr. Colbert will be discussing how racial and socioeconomic factors affect screening, diagnosis, research, and management of autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease, or ADPKD. Welcome, Dr. Colbert. Hi, it's great to be here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to first ask you, you know, how did you get interested in racial disparities in ADPKD? Well, ADPKD, unfortunately, is a silent problem. It's happening in the background, and a lot of patients carry this condition or disease and don't even know it. And, um, you know, in the CKD community, we see a lot of patients um, who have, you know, all different kinds of races and backgrounds. Um, But traditionally, uh, more of the Caucasian community, European descent and Asian descent have been some of the focus. But I really think that we need to continue to expand uh, the awareness and the treatment options for all patients um, so we can have as best outcomes as we can for everyone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, racial disparities is definitely not a new topic. I think the COVID-19 pandemic really highlighted it and made everyone super interested in this topic. But specifically in chronic kidney disease, it's been well documented documented for decades. What kind of disparities do we see in ADPKD, which is genetic? Right. So the, I think the first one is that it's a silent problem. Uh, most patients don't even know that they have this um, condition, and their the cysts in their kidneys grow for maybe decades before they're even aware that this is happening. Um, so we need to, at a baseline, increase the awareness in our patients. Um, one of the best ways we can do that is getting access to care for patients. And a lot of uh, patients uh, who have uh, you know, different backgrounds, they may have access to a clinic, but if they're in an area where the clinic doesn't have excellent resources, they may not have uh, the imaging needed to screen patients who maybe are at high risk or have a, a family disposition to having ADPKD. So a, a lot of patients um, who are in uh, lower socioeconomic areas are maybe having access to clinics, but maybe those clinics don't have the capabilities to really take care of these patients the way they should. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, as you mentioned, there is a genetic component with ADPKD, um, and many uh, patients aren't aware that they've inherited this from a parent or grandparent. Um, So we need to kind of diagnose patients, but then expand their awareness that, hey, this may be something that you have going on in your family, and we need to make the entire family aware to get checked out um, and maybe they need to be screened as well. Um, an additional disparity is access to the genetic testing. Uh, we know that ADPKD um, runs on the genes for PKD1 and PKD2, um, and we have genetic testing available now for patients that's pretty easy um, and can be inexpensive. Um, and this is something that's new within the last you know, five to 10 years in terms of its accessibility. But unfortunately, that accessibility is limited Um, and we don't have enough patients that are getting that genetic screening uh, because they're either not in a clinic or an area where it's um, available or awareness is a problem, but also there may be just patient awareness that that they have this as a a test option that they could choose from. Um, 
And then another thing we see is in our, our large randomized clinical trials, we don't have a great representation of all um, races and ethnicities. Many of the PKD trials that, you know, are the, the mainstay trials for treatment are predominantly Caucasian or uh, East Asian patients. Um, and um, that's not necessarily reflective of the population that we see in the United States. Um, and so we need to get more um, ethnical representation into our PKD trials as well, so we can just determine if there's any differences in terms of treatment or risk factors. You know, you brought up a great point in that there's not really much representation in our clinical trials, um, you know, within Black and, you know, other populations, Hispanic, other people of color. Um, and under the underlying issue many times is that, you know, they have this lack of trust in, right. you know, healthcare. So how do you bridge that? You know, how do you get trust from these communities? Sure. So I think it's all about first listening to the patients, um, trying to understand what is their background? What are they concerned about? How do they want to go about their health care? If they're wanting to be aggressive, if they're wanting to watch and wait, um, trying to really determine what are their priorities um, first before you start um, giving them a lot of information that they may not be interested in or could be overwhelming. So I think listening mm -hmm. is one of the first thing you can do to the patient uh, in terms of establishing a trust and um, building community with them. Uh, once you've established that level uh, of communication, I think it's then about education and say, these are the options that we have for patients, but unfortunately they are lacking. We don't have you know, a lot of great options. We have some good options, but we could always do better. Um, and trying to then say, one of the ways that we have to do that is by doing clinical trials and trying new treatments, trying new options, taking existing treatments that we have and maybe focusing in on different people of different races or different, uh, different conditions, or maybe they're at a different stage of their condition. Um, maybe their PKD has progressed or maybe it's you know, very, very early. Um, so once you can understand where they're coming from, give them the education and then try to ask them, do you wanna be part of helping find a solution going forward? Uh, because PKD is a chronic condition that they're going to have for the rest of their life. Um, so if you can try to establish um, legitimacy with the patient that you're trying to help them and try to empower them that they could also be part of the long-term solution by uh, participating in a, in a clinical trial that's very, very regulated and monitored um, with the goal of patient safety first and trying to find new options for patients um, second. Yeah, that's great. So really trying to explain, you know, what is a clinical trial, um, showing them that, you know, safety is number one priority of clinical trials. I think a lot of patients truly don't understand that. So I think that's truly a great approach. Right. Um, you, you've spoken a lot about, you know, patient awareness, patient empowerment, helping patients understand their disease. What about you know, empowering healthcare providers and education towards healthcare providers on disparities and specifically disparities in ADPKD. Um, because a lot of times what we hear, again, specifically with ADPKD is that it's a disease that mostly affects the Caucasian population. Right. Um, so uh, the clinical trials show that ADPKD actually affects all races and ethnicities equally. Um, but we have this 
uh, mild bias that maybe it's more in um, the Caucasian community because that's what we see. But that may not actually be what is happening in real life in the community. Um, it's very possible that uh, patient with patients with different ethnicities and uh, races have this disease, but they're just not being tracked. They're not being found, you know, early. Um, they're not having, you know, that screening that they need to have. So we have maybe um, a bias because we only see, or maybe we see the majority of Caucasians coming in to clinics with these problems, uh, PKD, cis, but we're not seeing other races as represented, but it's happening silently without um, awareness that that's appropriately. So I think that we have to educate um, our nephrologists, our clinicians, uh, primary care arena as well, that this disease affects all people in terms of uh, whatever your race or ethnic background. Um, and so we, you know, we need to just make a, a, a bigger focus because we know that there's, there's lack of understanding in, in the different um, socioeconomic communities about this disease state. So it is impacting all, you know, races, ethnicities um, equally. Is there, are patients of color, you know, Black patients or Latino, Hispanic patients progressing at a faster rate or, you know, anything like that compared to Caucasian patients or is it pretty similar? So that's a great question. Uh, currently, we don't know the answer to that because we haven't studied different races um, specifically with their PKD. We kind of just group them into large clinical trials, but we haven't broken down into sub-analysis of following the different races and seeing how they respond to treatment differently um, and would they have better or worse risk factors and long-term outcomes. So I don't think we have a great answer at this moment, and that just kind of doubles down on why we need more representation of uh, patients with different ethnicities in our clinical trials so we can have some of those answers. Okay. So in general, you know, in CKD patients, Black and Hispanic patients do progress faster, but in ADPKD, we just need to collect more data, more information, and because of that, we do need to have earlier diagnosis, earlier referral in these patient populations. Yes. Okay, that's great. Um, Dr. Colbert, do you have any other, you know, suggestions on how clinicians, nephrologists, NPs, PAs, anyone really practicing in the nephrology space, what best practices they can implement into their clinics to really gain trust from this patient population, from these communities, and really bridge the gap in these disparities for these patients? Sure. So I think we need to recognize that ADPKD affects all races and families. It's a genetic problem um, that, you know, if you find one patient, you need to look in their family tree because there may be other multiple family members that have this going on. They just don't realize it because it's a silent problem with cyst growth and GFR falling and just the patients aren't aware until it's really a significant, you know, problem of chronic kidney disease, uh, moving towards dialysis and transplant possibilities. Um, I think we need to educate on the disease state. I think a lot of clinicians will say, yeah, I've heard about ADPKD, but maybe they don't see it a lot um, or they're just not enthusiastic about it, uh, but it's very likely that they're seeing patients that have this disease in the background and just don't realize it. One thing we need to try to do to make sure of that is encouraging our primary care um, clinics to do urinalysis and look at a urine protein or urine albumin. 
because um, that's one way that we can try to pick it up, even though it's very likely that there has been some disease progression before you even get any protein or changes in the urine. Um, I also recommend, and this is recommended by guidelines, that if you have a patient with uh, cysts in their kidneys, you need to do two major things of checking a total kidney volume by an ultrasound or an MRI. That's a great way to determine their prognosis long-term and determine if they need to go on you know, an aggressive treatment plan. Um, and then also we need to do genetic testing because it's widely available. They have a lot of commercial genetic testing that you can do in your clinic. Um, it doesn't have to be you know, sent to a specialized center. They have testing that you can do in your clinic with just a mouth swab so that we can determine if there's a genetic predisposition or if patients carry genes um, that are you know, carried down from different family members. And then we just need to try to start a treatment plan early. Um, if you, once you recognize this, you've got to educate the patient and determine what is going to be the treatment plan that they can adhere to, that they can you know, be enthusiastic about, because when you start a treatment for PKD, it's going to be lifelong. Um, because we don't have a current cure, we are um, in a maintenance therapy stage with the primary goal of keeping the patient off dialysis and getting a kidney transplant. Um, and the earlier you start, the better outcomes you're going to have for that patient. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Colbert. We really, really appreciate you joining us here on Nephew today for the Voices from the Community podcast. Yes, it was great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us today, Nephew community. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit our podcast landing page on nephew.org. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.